thank you. Actually finished, actually working, actually hand-dyed, actually learning, actually attending, actually designing, and actually distracted. So the first thing I wanted to do today was just say thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast and in particular to those who joined the Ravelry group. I did have several people um, leave lovely comments um, and really nice feedback on the Ravelry group already, so that really meant a lot to me. I had a lot of fun recording the episode, and I'm really excited to be recording again. So thank you, everyone, for the support and the kind words and for listening. Actually finished. I do have a couple of finished objects already this week, which I am excited about. The first thing is that I did... um, graft and block my Jane Austen cowl. So this was the striped cowl by Matilde Score um, in the Jane Austen kit from Canon Hand Eyes. So this is a kit that I bought at Interweave Yarn Fest and I um, finished the knitting about a week ago and I knew that the grafting was going to be a little bit tricky. So I left that until a time when I really had chance to focus on it and really pay attention and it was a little bit tricky but uh, crafted up really nicely and I blocked it and I'm super happy with it. It was chilly here again last week and so I was able to wear it one night and I was really happy about that as well. The other thing that I finished was um, a pair of socks. So they were vanilla socks, 56 stitches in the cast on um, and then just a three by one rib with a regular heel flap. I used some hand dyed yarn that I dyed last weekend from a sock blank. So I have a whole bunch of dyeing that I did um, over the weekend last week, and I'm excited to share the results of that. But these socks were the first thing that I cast on of the yarn that I dyed last weekend, and I'm super happy with how they turned out. So, um, I will link to those in the show notes and talk about the the yarn itself a little bit more later. These are actually the third pair of socks that I have finished in about the last two and a half weeks. I finished a pair of socks um, in the Western Sky Knits Twinkle yarn in the Rainbow Bright colorway that I bought at Yarn Fest just a couple weeks ago. And then I went back and I finished up a pair of socks that... um, were made out of lollipop yarn in the Duwa Diddy colorway. So I had knit the first sock and then most of the leg. And so I did the heel and the foot and the toe on uh, the second sock. And then I whipped up these uh, during the week this week. And so I'm pretty excited, although it's going to be too warm here now, probably for wool socks anytime soon. I am excited that I've got three more pairs in my drawer. The third thing that I finished this week was... Um, a cowl that I based loosely on the gradient cowl by Sally Palin on Ravelry. It's just a free pattern. It's a very simple, um, the pattern calls for, I think, 200 stitches, and then they're in a three-by-one rib. I had less yardage than the pattern called for, so I did 160 stitches and knit them in a three-one rib. And the yarn that I used for this is some yarn that I dyed earlier in the month of May. Um, I had done some cake dyeing, so... I wound the yarn into a cake and then just submerged it in the dye bath. And the color that I used was called Berry Crush. And it's a beautiful, vibrant, purpley pink. And uh, I just love the way it turned out. It's really deep purple. 
um, in the areas that were uh, closest to the, the dye, sort of the outside of the cake. And at the inside, it still has flecks of that purple, but it also has some really pale pinks and some really vibrant pinks. So I think it turned out gorgeous. It's um, intended to be a Christmas gift for my sister-in-law. Um, but I'm going to see her on Wednesday and I'm tempted to just give it to her because I think she's going to love it and it's already blocked and dry and ready to go. So there will be pictures of that on my um, project page on Ravelry and linked in the show notes as well. But I'm super excited about that and I'm just really happy with how it turned out. Actually working. I have a bunch of um, projects in progress at the moment. Um, the first thing that I am working on is as soon as I finished that um, gradient cowl in the berry crush, I started a second one. So this one is for my other sister-in-law. She owns a photography company called Alp and Isle. So I did a, a really vibrant Caribbean blue and then um, a silver gray. So what I did there was I kettle dyed the silver gray and I think I actually dyed that twice because I think the first time it was lighter than I wanted it to be. And then I wound it into a cake again and then and then dropped it in the Caribbean blue. And this one is turning out really, really pretty. I definitely have um, an affinity to that color. I would probably knit in that color all day long um, if given the choice, or which I guess I do have the choice. But I um, choose to branch out a little bit from that color and force myself to. Um, but I'm really happy with how this looks, the way that the the blue and the gray look together and the way that this one is coming together in terms of the color really fading uh, as I work up the cowl. I think I've got about four inches of it done right now, and I'm super, super happy with that one as well. I think it's going to be really pretty. So that'll get finished up, I'm sure, this week and tucked away for Christmas gift giving. I did work a little bit on the Garter Squish Blanket. That's a Stephen West free pattern. I'm knitting that as a wedding gift for my cousin Dan, who's getting married in October. I also intend to give them some hand-thrown pottery, um, but I thought that a blanket would be really nice. And So that's a very simple um, garter stitch blanket with kind of an I-cord edging, and um, it's nice and mindless. And, uh, that's kind of where my head is at these days. I, when I get through the list and I look at the list of what I worked on, a lot of what I'm working on is things that are just ribbed or garter. Uh, apparently I am just craving simple things these days. And I have been having kind of a stressful couple of weeks at work. So I think that's part of it is that, uh, my brain just wants to comfort knit at this point, which is okay. Um, I did cast on a couple more pairs of socks, so I had a couple things to talk about there. The um, first pair that I cast on is in a very similar hand-dyed yarn. So this is another uh, sock blank that I dyed over Memorial Day weekend, and I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Um, and then I had a second skein of Western Sky Knits uh, Aspen sock. I don't have the colorway, and I don't think I kept the label, but it's a really bright springy color. It's got kind of a, um, I don't know, maybe a celery green and a pale pink and a raspberry and a turquoise blue and then a purple and kind of some lavender. It, it certainly has lighter shades of the different colors um, and it's just a variegated yarn. So it's very similar in terms of how it's knitting up. 
um, to those rainbow bright socks that I finished a couple weeks ago. It's just a slightly different color scheme. So pretty excited about that. The thing that I've been most excited about with these socks is um, that when I was at Yarnfest, I bought a couple of Erin Lane project bags and they have this clever little grosgrain ribbon with a snap that you can snap onto the belt loop of your jeans. And uh, the woman who was in the booth and then a lot of the people in other booths um, that I saw the weekend of Yarnfest had them attached. And that way you could knit without having to hold on to your yarn or hold on to your project bag. And so the last couple of nights, the kids are out of school. Um, we've been taking walks uh, after dinner. And my youngest likes to rollerblade and my oldest likes to grab a basketball and, and dribble around the block. Um, so I have clipped on my little project bag and been working on a sock. And I really think that um, each night I probably got about an inch of sock knit just as we were walking. So that's pretty good. The other thing that um, I managed to do uh, last night was I tried to record and for some reason only ended up with 20 minutes of audio. So I sat here and worked on the sock for quite a long time while I thought I was recording and nothing was actually happening. So the good news is at least I got some knitting in and I'm really happy with the way these socks are progressing. They're coming along really quickly and I think they're going to be cute. So pretty soon that will be pairs four and five added to my sock drawer. The other thing that I cast on this week was the Easy Shawl by uh, Martina Bame. So I hear a lot about Martina Bame's patterns and everyone on Ravelry and all the podcasts I listen to seem to be huge fans of her work. So I was looking for something to use with a skein of gradient fingering yarn that I dyed over Memorial Day weekend. So I dyed this in a three color gradient and I will talk about that in a couple minutes, but it's just a fingering base with some Stellina in it. And it's got um, a bright aqua, a purple pop and deep magenta were the three colors that I used. And so I cast on this easy shawl. Again, uh, it's more garter stitch, but I am pretty excited about it. I think it's really cute. I don't, I haven't knit any shawls before. I don't own any shawls. I really love the colors in this and I feel like the pattern's going to really highlight those nicely. So very excited about that one. I have not made, I don't know, more than about six or seven inches worth of progress and it starts out itty bitty, but um, so far I'm really enjoying it. So that was a great little project again um, that I can carry along at least for now. The other two projects that got a little bit of attention from me this week is I did cast on two sweaters the week before last. Um, the first one is True by Hohi Locatelli. And so that's a coat that I am knitting out of uh, Madeline Tosh DK Twist in the Raspberry Cordial colorway. And so I got that yarn from the Magnolia Society Sweater Club. And I really love the color. I'm really excited about the coat itself. So far, the the knitting is very simple. I'm just starting out with some ribbing. So it's the kind of thing that I can do, again, pretty mindlessly. And I'm pretty excited about how that's knitting up. The second sweater that I cast on was called Briquette. And that is by Alicia Plummer. And so that I also cast on with some yarn from the Magnolia Society 
Sweater Club. This one is uh, Madeline Tosh Long Rider DK. I might have the yarns backwards on these two. Um, but the color on this one is called Blue Stowe. And so it is a beautiful um, teal, more on the green end, I think, than the blue, actually. But I like it a lot. And it is knit top-down, so right now I am just working the, um, the increases from the top. So just a little bit of progress on that one. I do like it very much, and I'm excited for that finished garment. It's a pullover with a hood, and um, I love hooded everything's really I have hooded t-shirts and hooded sweatshirts and hooded jackets and um I I don't have a hooded hand knit sweater in that weight yet I do have a fingering weight um hand knit sweater that I wear a lot so I think having a heavier one is going to be nice um in the cooler weather out here so that's it for projects where I made progress this week um our next segment is actually hand dyed so Memorial Day weekend here in the U.S. was uh, the weekend before last, and on the Saturday, I spent the afternoon recording the podcast and playing with that and having a lot of fun. Um, there are only a couple of weekends a year that my kids spend more than um, one night a, at a time with their dad, and so Memorial Day weekend is one of those. And I had a couple of days with time on my hands, which is very, very rare for me. And usually I have a tendency to overcommit myself in those periods of time. I will do things like paint three rooms of the house. Or last year I was doing a juice cleanse with almost the really explicit intent that then I would have to sort of be quiet and sit and, and have a peaceful weekend. And instead I had three yards of mulch delivered to the house and I remulched all my flower beds. So this year I was determined to take advantage of the quiet and have some fun. So I ordered a bunch of dyes from Dharma Trading Company and on the Friday night the first thing that I did was just play with those. So I had bought some just plain coffee filters and I sprinkled a little bit of the dye onto each of the coffee filters and then I had an eyedropper with some water and I would just kind of squirt that on there and then get a sense of what each of the colors looked like. And now I have those coffee filters with the colors um, on them, so it's a little bit easier to see what the colors will actually look like than it is with the, the dry dye. I am thinking about taking those and cutting them into squares or something and pasting them into a notebook of some sort or a sketchbook. Um, I haven't 100% decided yet, but I do want to be able to keep track of what things look like, and I think they're, for the most part, pretty good representations of the colors. So um, then I jumped in the next day and I started doing some dyeing and I, I think I finished five different things. Um, so I had soaked three um, sock blanks, actually four sock blanks. I have one that I soaked in citric acid and cold water that I um, have not done anything with yet and probably won't manage to do anything with until this coming weekend. Um, but the first one that I did was a self-striping rainbow. So um, on this particular one, I did um, a stripe of charcoal gray, and then I really used neon rainbow colors. So a bright purple, a bright turquoise, 
um, a chartreuse green uh, color called Radioactive that is a yellow-green blend, more on the yellow than the green, a really bright fluorescent orange, and then a deep magenta. So I would go gray, and then the color, and then gray, and then the color. And uh, I was pretty happy with how this one turned out. The dyeing itself took a much longer amount of time than I expected it to. I literally spent pretty much all day Saturday and all day Sunday um, painting these skeins of yarn. I had a ton of fun, um, but it it really was a lot more time-consuming than I thought it was going to be. A couple of things that I did, um, I bought some Pro Paste online as a dye thickener. So um, that was supposed to help the stripes from bleeding. And I think once I got the hang of it and got that thickened the way I wanted it to, I do think it did, in fact, help with that. Um, but there was definitely a learning curve there in terms of the right quantity and mixture of that paste. Um, the other thing that I did was I, I did paint both the front and the back of the blanks. But I feel like, and it may be because of the paste, um, the dye didn't necessarily saturate evenly all the way through. So the finished yarn has a bit of a heathered quality to it. I actually really love it. I think it's really, really pretty, and I'm, I think I'm going to love the socks when they are done. But I definitely learned some things, and I... I feel like the, the socks held the dye very well. I painted them, I rolled them in saran wrap, and then I steamed them. And then when I rinsed the blank, I didn't have any bleeding and I didn't lose any dye into the sink. Um, and I still had very vibrant colors on the blank itself. But then when I caked the yarn, um, it definitely is paler. And I think that's because there are little flecks of white where it didn't saturate all the way through. So I learned a lot from the process of using the sock blank. Um, and those socks are on my needles now. So I think I've done, um, I think I'm on my fourth stripe of color. So maybe two inches of sock so far, but I'm excited to see how those turn out. So the next thing that I jumped immediately into was another sock blank with the same colors, um, but instead of a stripe of gray in between each color, I did a stripe of gray slightly thicker and then uh, the whole rainbow and then another stripe, stripe of gray. So these socks um, I finished already. The link is on my uh, project page on Ravelry and linked in the show notes, but these were super cute. I definitely had some more issues with this one in terms of the colors bleeding together, in particular the yellow and the green. Um, without a stripe in between, it, those colors don't necessarily differentiate very well, so it kind of looks like one big long stripe, but I'm really happy with them. The finished socks are adorable. They're really comfortable. Um, it took me an inordinate amount of time to knit those, or to, to uh, dye those. It may have taken less time to knit the socks, actually. But it was a lot of fun. It was a great learning experience, and I have a great pair of socks to show for it. So then the next thing that I did with the third socks, sock blank was this um, three-color gradient. And so what I did there was just measure equal sections um, and I did a bright turquoise, a purple pop, and a deep magenta, and um, painted the front and the back, and steamed it up, and that one was ready to go. That one does have some Stellina content in it, so it'll have a little bit of sparkle. I do feel like the yarns with the Stellina content are not necessarily holding their sparkle um, 
through the dyeing process. So I need to do a little research and see if there are special steps recommended for working with that so that um, it retains a little more of the shine. But I'm very happy with that. Like I said, I've already ca cast on that easy shawl in this yarn. Um, I definitely had the same experience of being happy with the color when it came out of the, the pot after being steamed and everything, but then once it was caked, there's definitely um, some distinctive white um, that fades the color a little bit. But it's lovely, and I know I'm going to wear it a lot, and it's a nice, simple project, so very excited about that one. The last thing I did... Nope, second to last thing I did was um, I did another one of these cake dyed two color yarns. So this one I did uh, purple and black. I kettle dyed the yarn with the purple um, and I did go with a very bright purple. I think if I had it to do again, I would go with a mellower purple. I'm not sure this is exactly the color I wanted and I may still over dye it and see how I feel about that. I, I kind of feel like no harm will come to the yarn of, if I decide to do that. Um, but it's very pretty. It's a purple pop. And then I caked the yarn up and I dyed it again in just black. Um, so I really like the effect that that gave. And I think it's going to be really pretty. This will be yet another Christmas cowl for a family member. And then my actual last um, dyeing project last weekend was I had some undyed Malabrigo in my stash, and I had some just leftover dye stock from the work I had been doing through the weekend. So I had a silver gray um, and the deep magenta and the purple pop left over, and I decided to just kind of hand paint that. So it's a really pretty variegated when it was finished. I'm really happy with that. I think that will probably be yet another cowl. But the effect was really cute and there are pictures of that um, in my stash on Ravelry if people want to check that out. It was very simple and after all of that hand painting of the sock blanks I was ready to just do a couple of easy things. So um, next segment is actually learning. I wanted to talk a little bit today about the second class that I took at Interweave Yarn Fest. I did take a total of three classes. So last week I talked about the adventures in double knitting, multicolor double knitting class that I took, and the adventures in double knitting was the craftsy class that I took as the prereq for that. So I took on the Saturday um, a class with Kate Atherley, and Kate is the... Um, technical editor for Nitty.com, so she was amazing. Um, my friend Jen picked the class. Uh, we had decided to go up to the Yarn Fest together on the Saturday, and we were a little bit late finding out about it, so there wasn't a ton of availability um, left when we registered, but she had felt like um, she has not yet had any success with sock knitting, and that was something she was really anxious to try. So um, she wanted to get some pointers in terms of, you know, fit. So we went to the class, we went up and had lunch, and um, before the class started, we walked around the marketplace. She was interested in buying sock yarn to use in the class, um, in the marketplace. So we got to go and explore all of the beautiful sock yarns 
that um, that were on display there. She and I definitely have different um, aesthetics at the moment in terms of what kind of sock yarn we were looking for. I was definitely looking for variegated things and self-striping things, and um, she was looking for more um, hand-painted, kettle-dyed, muted-looking um, yarns. She bought a really lovely navy blue variegated yarn for her son and then for herself a gorgeous um, hand-dyed yarn that was pinks and purples. The company is local and I'll have to look it up and find out their name, but all of their colorways had um, dragon in the name. So um, they are local here in Colorado and um, the yarn itself is beautiful and she just finished her socks this week and they turned out amazing. So she's super happy with them. So that was really fun. Um, I brought my ball winder along to the event so that we could um, ball up her yarn because I knew that that was something that she was looking to do was to buy some yarn and use it that day. And so we sat down at the back of the class and started to do that. And um, Kate, the teacher, laughed and said that we were crazy, but the right kind of crazy. So that was good. Um, so we got that done. And um, the class is really uh, pretty well based, I believe, in the new book that Kate Atherley has coming out in the fall, which is called Custom Fit Socks. This is a book that I will almost definitely invest in when it comes out. Um, I don't think she gave away all of the secret sauce of the book in the class, and I will make sure that I don't do that either. Um, but based on the samples that she handed out when we were in the room, I think there is a lot that I could get out of um, that particular book. So one of the things that I really enjoyed about the class was that she did have a ton of sample socks knitted, different styles and different weights of yarn. Um, a lot of them she would pass around a pair of socks and they were knit one top down and one toe up. And so that was interesting too because you could really see just even based on those simple construction decisions how the sock might fit a little bit differently. So um, that was really neat. And then we really jumped into um, taking a series of measurements of our feet. And she talked about the relationships between the size of different um, areas of your feet. And then she gave us a template that was kind of a worksheet for working up um, your own personal sock recipe. So I had been knitting my socks at a 3-1 rib at 64 stitches and those lollipop socks that I just finished and put in my drawer were knit at that number of stitches but um, after going through the class and knitting a couple of brand new pairs of socks I think that I have decided that my ideal number of cast on stitches at my gauge is 56 so that is what I did with the rainbow socks and those um, hand, both pairs of hand-dyed socks and the new Western Sky Knit Socks that I'm working on right now. So that's my new magic number. And I really do also think that I will take measurements of my kids' feet and my husband's feet. Um, I try to knit him a pair of socks every Christmas, and um, I swear there's less knitting in a sweater than in a pair of men's socks. So I feel like maybe if I have good measurements, I will find out that I could cast on fewer stitches for his socks and um, get them done a little faster. I do feel like at 56 stitches, the socks are just 
flying off my needles. Um, I am a pretty loose knitter, and so I generally knit my socks on a size zero needle. Um, the other thing that I learned a lot about over the course of that weekend was my gauge and sort of specifics about my gauge that I didn't really understand before. So I have always known that I am a pretty loose knitter. I pretty much as a general rule will look at the type of or the size of needles that are re recommended in a pattern and I will swatch at two sizes smaller. So um, I, I knew that about myself. Um, but uh, there were a couple of ways over the, the the couple of days there that I started to realize that it's in fact my knit gauge that is very loose and that my pearl gauge is pretty tight and I think is actually what holds things together and keeps them from being completely crazy um, when I knit. So I'll talk about that a little bit more when I talk about the War and Peace socks class that I took because that was really where I started to get that realization. Um, but I did at one point um, after the class cast on those rainbow bright socks and I I knit a ribbed cuff and then I started to do a stockinette leg and they were insane these socks they were huge and they were not a lot of stitches I might not have gone down all the way to 56 at that point but I think maybe they might have been 60 stitches and the yarn was doing this funny pooling that I didn't like and also they were just huge. And Jen and I had gone out to dinner and both brought our socks from the class and we were knitting at dinner and I was looking at her lovely ribbed socks and they looked nice and narrow and tidy and I just had these enormous stockinette socks that I just could tell I was not going to be happy with. So I think what that is teaching me is that it is not just the ribbing but also my purling that keeps things um, in line for me. So it was a great class. I would definitely recommend um, the class to anyone who's interested in learning more about um, the fit of socks. I, I really came away knowing a lot more than I thought that I would. And I will definitely check out the book when it is available, I believe, in September. So um, if I purchase a copy, I may review it on the podcast. Actually attending, I wanted to talk just a little bit more about the Estes Wool Market in Estes Park, Colorado. I'll be attending that on um, Saturday, June the 13th, and my husband has agreed to accompany me to that event. I've never been to the Estes Wool Market, despite having grown up in Estes and having knit now for nearly 10 years. Um, I've never made it up there. I think that probably part of the reason is that I am a little bit intimidated or was a little bit intimidated as a new knitter in the whole idea of, you know, wool and spinning. I, I'm not a spinner, um, although I think primarily at this point because I don't see spinning as being as portable as knitting, and I, I like to just bring my knitting along because I'm um, out and about with my knitting a lot. So um, I am pretty excited to go and check out the marketplace there and check out the festival itself. The other thing that will be um, top of our list while we're in Estes is uh, lunch downtown. So we will um, head over probably to Ed's Cantina for lunch. That is a favorite of ours up in Estes. Ed's was definitely, uh, when I was in high school, it was kind of the greasy spoon where everybody hung out. 
um, a lot of delicious, really greasy Mexican food. Um, and so the restaurant is still there. They definitely carry healthier fare these days. It's been renovated since I was in high school and it's, um, it's just got a much healthier, uh, more organically driven menu. Um, but there are a couple of secret things that you can still order if you know what to ask for. And that makes me happy. Um, the nice thing about Ed's too, is that it does have seating, um, outside on a back patio that looks over the river. And that's a really nice place to sit and eat lunch. It would be a great place to sit and knit and eat lunch. So definitely worth checking out if you're going to Estes and you're looking for somewhere to eat. Um, there are a couple of other great places right along that same river walk. So, uh, one of those is Poppy's, great place to get sandwiches and pizzas, and I think they have a salad bar. And the other one right next to Poppy's is Mama Rose's. So that is a, a pasta restaurant, really um, basic, um, I would say Italian-American food, um, but really good and a great location. The other thing that we like to do when we are walking around downtown Estes is... Um, check out Earthwood Artisans. So that is uh, on the east end of Elkhorn Avenue and it's right next door to Ed's Cantina. And that's a beautiful um, store with all sorts of pottery and just handmade items from Colorado artists. My husband bought me for my birthday a pair of beautiful earrings that were actually made of paper and I love them. And we got those at Earthwood Artisans. So Worth checking out if you're up there. The other thing I'm really excited about is they have done a lot of renovation on the fairgrounds where the wool market is held. So I think it will be a really nice location for a festival. And I'm very excited. So I will probably record an episode within a day or two of attending that event. And I'm excited to tell everybody all about it. Um, the other thing... Oh, the other segment that I wanted to have today was actually designing. So a couple of things um, on this front. I really am just dipping my toe into pattern design. Um, I have maybe six patterns or something on Ravelry. The first pattern that I ever published um, was called the Hope Hat, and that is a hat that I designed a couple of years ago, maybe 18 months ago, um, for a very, very dear friend of mine who was fighting and eventually sadly lost her battle with um, colon and liver cancer. So the hat is pretty simple. It's a um, provisional cast on it with a cable that then you graft together and then you pick up stitches and knit down some ribbing and then you pick up stitches again and knit up for the crown of the hat. And I knit the hat out of some knit picks organic cotton that I had in my stash. The color was marshmallow. Um, and it was a very soft, you know, it wasn't a mercerized cotton or anything. So it was a really nice, soft yarn that my friend told me, um, really was comfortable even after she had lost her hair. And I had another good friend about six months after that diagnosed with breast cancer. She also lost her hair as part of her treatments. So I knit one for her as well, and she also loved it. And it was the same same yarn. I basically knit them identical hats. Um, and sadly, about a year ago, my friend did lose her battle with um, colon and liver cancer. And we're coming up on two years since her diagnosis and a year since she passed. So 
something that's just been really interesting is I have that pattern posted for free on both uh, Ravelry and Craftsy. And for some reason, the downloads on Craftsy have gone absolutely through the roof. I think that in the year and a half I've had it posted, I had probably had 500 people download the pattern. And I think that many people have downloaded it in the last month. So I went to try to dig through, you know, they do a free free pattern Friday. And I thought, well, maybe it got linked to from a blog post or something. Maybe that's thriving a lot of downloads, but I sure could not find anything recent where they had linked to the pattern. So I don't know if there's a group of people who are looking to knit hats for cancer patients and maybe somebody spread the word and and passed along the link, but I'm thrilled to have uh, so many people downloading that pattern. I hope that that maybe they are doing it um, for people in need. And it it makes me think about my friend Debbie, who I miss terribly. So right around the anniversary of her loss, that, that means a lot to me. So for anyone who has downloaded the pattern, thank you. And I hope whoever you knit the hat for loves it very much. The other thing that I'm working on Um, A little bit is I am preparing a submission for the winter 2015 um, issue of Twist Collective. So this will be my third submission to Twist Collective. I have yet to have anything published, but the last two times that I submitted something, I was told by them that um, one of the patterns was on their shortlist and just didn't fit into the issue. And they give really nice, very specific feedback about what it was that they liked about the pattern that they um, shortlisted. So I don't think they're saying it just to be kind. I think there probably was at least a minimal interest in um, a couple of the things that I submitted. So I have a couple of ideas that I'm working on for that proposal. I think it's due at the end of this week. And I'm going to give it another shot. So fingers crossed that is kind of a bucket list item for me in terms of my my knitting and um, next steps for me in terms of, you know, advancing um, and improving as a knitter. Um, so I'm hopeful that maybe something that I put together this time will catch their eye. Actually distracted, Um, the only thing I really wanted to talk about this week was my book club. I have a fantastic, uh, very low-key book club. Um, There are probably 15 of us, and when we have book club, maybe 10 of us will make it at any given time. It's very much a mix of people who read the book and people who just want to um, hang out and talk about books and talk about other things. Um, but I really enjoyed the book that we read last time and I'm really enjoying the book that we're going to read next. I'm about a third of the way through. Um, so the book we read this time was called, uh, Life After Life. It's by an author named Kate Atkinson and it was, I believe it was published in 2013 and it was on a bunch of best book of the year lists in the year it came out. Um, it's a really neat story about a woman who basically gets the opportunity to live her life over and over. And um, so that's the premise. I really liked it. I really like books that I think um, have kind of a feminist slant to them, which I enjoyed in this one very much. Um, She's clearly in control of her own destiny, and I I liked that a lot. I also liked the um, historical aspects. It's set in the early 20th century in... Um, England, and so 
there are pieces about the Spanish flu epidemic and then quite a bit of the book is set during World War II and I think being in the U.S. we have a different perspective on World War II than people in Europe might have um, just in terms of the hardships for um, the civilian population and the blitz and things like that that went on in Europe that maybe we don't get a lot of visibility to in our history lessons. So I felt like I learned a lot from the book. I really enjoyed it and I would strongly recommend it. That book was also reviewed on a podcast that I enjoy a lot. So a podcast that I listen to with some frequency is um, the Slate Audiobook Club. So they do great book reviews. There's usually two or three people and they have a really spirited 20 to 30 minute discussion about a book. So this was a book that they had reviewed. They've also reviewed um, a few other books that we've read in my book club, including Gone Girl and The Girl on the Train and The Goldfinch um, and a book that we did not read for my um, book club but that I enjoyed a lot, which was called Where'd You Go, Bernadette? So it's a nice mix of books. Um, some of them I haven't read. Sometimes I'll read through what they are reviewing and then add that to my Amazon wish list in case I'm looking for a good book. But I wanted to um, recommend that podcast for anybody who enjoys podcasts and books. So that's all that I had for today. Um, I do intend to record um bi-weekly for sure, but I had so much fun and I enjoyed the feedback so much from the first one that I wanted to jump back on and do this again right away. I did set up a Ravelry group for um, the podcast, so it's just Knit Actually Podcast on Ravelry. There were 42 members in the group as of this morning, so thank you again to everyone who's joined. And I'm hoping that we can have some fun discussions there. I'll be brainstorming some ideas for the Ravelry group soon. Um, the podcast also now has a Facebook page. It's also just knit actually podcast. And I did set up Instagram and Twitter accounts, um, at, at knit actually podcast. And I would love to hear from folks on Twitter or Facebook, or you could follow me on Instagram. Um, there's lots of pictures of all of this yarn that I've dyed and all of these nice, easy, comforting projects that I've been knitting over the last couple of weeks. Um, on the Instagram feed already. So thank you again. I really appreciate you joining me today and hanging out and listening. I hope that everyone has a great week and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.